What's going on, party people? Brad J, your host of Tame Your Talent, podcast number 89. 89, still going strong, podcast 89. Brad J with you here, bringing the podcast here on Tame Your Talent. Don't forget, uh, my social media is Brad J-A-Y-M-C, uh, Brad J-A-Y-M-C, pretty much on everything. Also, subscribe to my YouTube page. It is also called Tame Your Talent. And what I've been doing since, okay, this is podcast 88. I started on podcast 84. I have 20 chapters to my book that uh, that I'm writing, currently writing, that's called Ninth Caller. And so each podcast this week, I've gone through another chapter of my book, starting at uh, podcast 84. And so by the time I'm done, all 20 chapters uh, from podcast 84 to podcast 104 will all be basically my life story. Uh, how I got into announcing, how it all worked out for me. And, you know, trials and tribulations, laughs, tears along the way too as well. So pretty cool thing that I decided I'd do. And uh, uh, yesterday was chapter five. That was burning down the house. And that's physically, literally when uh, my house burned down in San Diego, prompting me to move back to Santa Barbara. And I want to get back into that one because that is the story in itself, late 80s, back into Santa Barbara. I want to talk about that. But with uh, baseball having, with baseball actually uh, kicking off, right? It brought me back the other day. I was thinking about a story when I started working for baseball as a DJ for the Los Angeles Dodgers. The year was 2003. The season was 2003. And I did that for about five or six years in this this guy, Tom, in management, him and I just did not see eye to eye. Always had a problem. He didn't like me for some reason. I didn't really care for him, but whatever. He's the guy. He's still there to this day, too, as well. But uh, I want to tell a story about opening day, Dodger Stadium, with the mic, the microphone going out on the field. On opening day, can you imagine 56,000 people in a stadium that's the capacity. And you know it's, it's L.A., so people are showing up in the third inning. So, 56,000 people, and the mic goes out on the field. And back in those days, I was the DJ, so I was not doing the announcing. I was the backup announcer. That means when the stadium would have events, I would come in, and I would be an announcer for the day, and I would do things like that, play music and what have you. But uh, this time, I was DJing. And our PA announcer, uh, Eric, was down on the field, and he's getting ready to announce the lineup uh, for the Colorado Rockies. And this is what made me think about it, because the Dodgers are playing the Rockies to kick things off in Colorado. Well, when this happened, I think it was 2005 or 2006. One of those years right then is the opening days when it happened. Dodgers versus Colorado in L.A. I'm up in the booth. Uh, the our other announcer, our announcer is on the field. Mike goes out, and my boss, him and I didn't get along. This guy Tom, right, still works for Dodgers to this day. Uh, he, him and I did not get along, so he was hesitant. They needed someone to announce the lineup for the Colorado Rockies. The Dodger lineup had already been announced, but the Colorado Rockies lineup had not been announced, so that needed to be done. And who are you going to have do it with the mics out on the field and you got an announcer sitting in the booth playing the music? Hmm, let's think about that for a second, shall we? So he lagged and he lagged and finally he gave into it and said, Brad, all right, get in the seat, put the headset on and announce the lineup for the Colorado Rockies. So I did just that. 
And how's this? I'd never once gone through the names on the list, so I didn't know all the players. So were the pronunciations going to be good? It was too late to practice now because I had to just go. I had it given, put right in front of me, the list, and I had to go. <laughs> and I did it. The only issue I did wrong, and it still haunts me to this day, is when I went to announce the Colorado Rockies, I said, and now it is time for the lineup for your Colorado Rockies. I said your. Okay, and you don't say that to the visiting team. So for the Dodgers, you say that because that's the home team, right? But the visitors, you don't say for your because you're not at home. And that still haunts me to this day that I said that. But I got through the whole entire deal, went through it all, finished the lineup, and uh, the uh, announcer came back up in the booth. He stepped in, did the rest of the game, and I played the music, and uh, it all went good. But the boss, Tom, who who did not like me at the time, tried to throw me under the bus on this one and tried to say I was delaying on getting on the mic, and it was never that. I had witnesses say, no, 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 Brad was ready to go. And so he got called out for that, that it was his fault. He just did not want to see me get on the mic for some reason. And it goes back to what my wife always tells me. Brad, she doesn't call me Brad J. She just calls me Brad. Brad, there's people that, that really like you. And then there's people that just don't like you. You rub them the wrong way. He's one of those guys. But I'll never forget that. Doing the opening day lineup for the Colorado Rockies. And it was the year actually... That was the year that they actually went to the World Series and lost to the Yankees, I think it was. So there you go. That's that one. All right. Uh, this one is chapter number six of my book, uh, Skateboarding is a Crime, chapter six of the book, Ninth Caller. And once again, each podcast all the way till I get to chapter 20 is all going to contain a little snippet about uh, my life and how kind of things worked out for me for professional announcing. And those, this one is Skateboarding is a Crime. Okay. It's a whole pun on the whole skateboarding is not a crime. Get it? Yeah. Okay, got it. Uh, all right. So house burned down in Pacific Beach or uh, in uh, San Diego, La Mesa area where I was living. So house burned down, went back to Santa Barbara and started waiting tables again. Okay. 88, 89, somewhere around there. That's what I'm doing. That's my job. Just waiting tables, making money, surfing by day, making a hundo, hundo at night, going out, partying it all the way and just doing that. Right. And it was going good. Until I had the opportunity to get a job at a skateboard company. And it happened. I got a job for Powell Peralta Skateboards. Right? Bones Wheels, Powell Peralta Skateboards. And it was cool because at that time I was actually skating, I was skateboarding in amateur skateboard stuff called Castle, California Amateur Skateboard League. So I was already competing. I was in my late 20s and I was competing and this was the perfect opportunity. I mean, I was looking for a job that I was stoked on. See, here's the deal. I've always wanted to do a job that I loved. Because if you do a job that you love, you truly love a job, and you like what you do, it's not like not working. You don't, you're not fretting it. You're not bummed on, oh, man, I got to go to work. And, and some jobs, you know, you might have that that's make you feel that way. But I was always the kind of person that I said, whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to enjoy what I do. And so this was my opportunity. Here I am. I'm working for a skateboard company and I'm loving it. Working in the store, you know, selling product. Then I started doing deck returns where kids would, 
send in broken skateboard decks from all over the world. They would send these decks in, right? And I would look at these decks and I would decide whether we replace them or not with a brand new deck. And George Powell, the founder of Powell Peralta Skateboards, it told me uh, in the beginning, like, look, any kid that sends a broken deck in, you replace it no matter what. You don't upgrade them if the kid got plenty of use and the board was fine. But if the board looked like it broke really early, then you can do what you want with them. You can give them a, a nice brand new whatever. But he always said give them a new board. And that stuck with me. Like, talk about having the backs of the kids. Kids sending in boards, you know, counting their their last dollar to, to spend 30 bucks to send a broken deck into to, to the U.S. Like, let, kid could be in Santiago, Chile, for all we know. You know, and that's what he's doing. So it's it's pretty cool and a good feeling to send those decks and replace them for those kids. So that was good. So I was doing that job, deck returns, working in the store. Then I started doing sales. And they even put me in a, in an ad. Uh, for well, Bones Wheels is now the is is the company now, which is part of Powell Peralta that makes all the wheels for the skateboards. Right, they're a large company in themselves, and Bones was created through Powell Peralta. Well, I started doing Bones was still trying to find their way, and they were trying to sell this like jacket, this big heavy jacket that you could change out of it, uh, get out of your wetsuit with. So let's say you know you're at the beach, you put on this jacket with your wetsuit around your waist, and you're able to get out of your wetsuit without you know showing any private parts. Okay, so it's the best way I could, could say it, right? And so I modeled this jacket, and we went and did a, a shoot with a girl with a surfboard and me getting out of my wetsuit, and that was the, the ad that went into Surfer Magazine. Oh, my gosh, it went into about four different magazines, and it was even on a back cover, so I was pretty stoked on that. But working for Powell, nevertheless... And a job that I enjoyed because, you know, always loved skateboarding, huge fan of skateboarding. And it, it was everything to me at that time. Surfing, obviously, was always the, the the number one love, too, as well. So both of those were just were everything to me, surfing and skateboarding at that time. And so to get that job and to be doing something, I was thinking to myself, I'm going to work for this job forever. Like, this is a cool job. Working for a skateboard company. I mean, can you imagine just doing that your whole life? How much fun that would be, right? And it was cool because when we worked at the the factory at Palo Peralta, uh, out there in Goleta, uh, just just north of Santa Barbara, the whole factory is all cement. So we would skate from department to department because it was a lot of ground to cover. So going around like, oh, I have to talk to somebody in shipping. You would go skateboard all the way to shipping from your uh, office cubicle. And you could skate all the way to your desk, basically. So here it is. All your employees are just skating all over the place, having a good time. And it was awesome. It was really cool. It was one of the most fun times I had at a job. Now, sure, the pay wasn't very good. But still, it was really cool. And Paul Peralta definitely takes care of their employees. And, and I look now. I mean, this is so many years ago. This is when I'm in my 20s. And I look back, and you know, late 80s, there's the people that are still there when I was working there. They're still there. I mean, they've been working there since the late 80s, early 90s, and they're still there. So they take care of their employees. If you're a good employee, notice I don't work there anymore. They do style me out with free gear, so I definitely appreciate any uh, kickdowns from Powell Peralta. Thank you guys for all you do. But I'm going to tell the story anyways. Um... So here it was. There was a contest, a castle contest. California Amateur Skateboard League was coming to 
uh, Galita. They were going to do a contest on the street course at the Palo Peralta Skate Zone off La Patera Lane. And at that time, I was doing sales for the uh, for Powell. That means I'd call, you know, I'd call surf shops and skate shops and get them to buy wheels, buy boards, what have you, right? And that's what I do. That's your whole job. You're just calling them and just say, "Hey, you need to order some more." Blah blah blah. And that's what I would do. So, and it wasn't much pay, right? The money you got paid for sales was pretty much, I think, it was minimum wage. Because you, you're supposed to get kickbacks from percentages and what have you of your sales. So I'm doing, I'm doing that. I'm doing my sales thing. Contest is coming up. And I'm like, you know what? I need to go practice my lines. And at this time, the skate, the skate zone, the skate park that we have, which is a private skate park, is not open for the public. And so you can go in there and you can skate it you know, by yourself the whole time. And so we had this available. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go skate work on the line I'm going to do for the contest and uh, we'll go from there. And that was the big plan. So I was excited to do that. Right. And it was a Friday. I think it was, I think it was a Friday and the contest was that weekend. And so I uh, decided, you know what? I'm just going to go skate. I should, I was supposed to clock out, then go skate for a couple hours and then go clock back in and do sales. Right. But I'm like, you know what? Who's going to know? Right. I'm just going to, and here's me, the devil on one shoulder, the angel on the other shoulder. Just do it, Brad. Just do it. So I went out and skated, didn't clock out. And as I'm wrapping up skating two hours later, there comes the sales boss. She goes, hey, Brad. Oh, what's up? Oh, skating. How was it? I go, oh, so much fun. She goes, did you clock out? And I'm, uh, oh, man. I f oh, I forgot. I'm so sorry. I forgot. You know what? Tell you what, tomorrow or on Monday, what I'll do is I'll come in and I'll clock in. I'll come in two hours early and I'll just clock in after I'd already been here two hours to make up for that. Sorry about that. She goes, oh, okay. So that was it, right? Weekend came, contest came, got third place in the street contest. So made the podium second year in a row, making third place uh, on the street course. Pretty proud of that. Probably my biggest achievement ever. Is a third place, right? So get that. That's on the weekend. It's all good. Monday, come to work Monday morning, and I'm called directly into the office, uh, human resources office. Guy by the name of John Nelson uh, was the guy. Calls me in, and he goes, yeah, we're going to be letting you go now. And I'm like, well, you're letting me go? Why are you letting me go? You know, you're skateboarding on the clock. And I'm all, but I said I would clock out. And just, yeah, well, we're going to have to let you go. And then I started, you know, I was really mad. I was super upset. This is like a job that I thought was going to be my future. This is a job that I thought I was going to do for the rest of my life, retire in the skateboard company. It's going to be awesome. Looking forward to it. You know, all that stuff. Like that's doing a job that I love. And the uh, rug was pulled out from underneath me. I go, can I talk to George? George Powell? And the human resource said, no, he doesn't want to talk to you. That's it. And in retrospect, which is much easier to look back on it and realize, they were were firing people, you know, for less offenses than that because the fact that uh, skateboarding was going through one of his dips. You know, skateboarding has its climbs and its decline. And at that time, so much money was spent on that factory to build all that stuff. And 
So they had to slim down, and you got to look for reasons to get rid of people, and that was a big reason. Here's a guy not clocking out. So I was fired from the skateboard company for skateboarding. So in that case, skateboarding was a crime because I was skateboarding on the clock when I should have been clocked out. If I was clocked out, who knows what would have happened? Would I have stayed on with them? Would they have gotten rid of me, or would I have blown it at some other point? My money would be on that I would have blown it some other way down the line. But to this day, we are good friends, and I I support and uh, appreciate Powell Peralta and Bones 100% for what they've done and what the, and the hookups they've, they've given me over the years and my family. So I definitely appreciate that. So, But they definitely fired me for skateboarding. Okay, so let's, uh, let's uh, put, put an asterisk uh, on the resume for that one. And that's going to do it. It's chapter six of my book, Ninth Caller, and that is skateboarding is a crime, and that's going to do it. Podcast. Hey, check out my radio show. It is 7 to midnight on ktyd.com, 7 to midnight on the west coast of Cali, and that is ktyd.com. You can tune in. Aerosmith is easy top. I got you covered. Quality rock and roll. That's what I give you six hours a night on the West Coast. You can also download the app. It is KTYD as well. You can go to the App Store and download that for free. And then you can have it right there. Boom. You can listen to Brad J. Uh, Babylon and uh, play some music as well. All right. There you go. That's going to do it. Subscribe to my YouTube page, Tame Your Talent. Check out the website, TameYourTalent.com. I'm Brad J. This is Tame Your Talent. See you.